We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me at Dalton underscore Trigg on Twitter. I'm joined today by my co-host, uh, he is, uh, you know, he's with DallasBasketball.com, but he does a ton of other stuff across the the various uh, Mike Fisher Empire sites. <laughs> so, uh, and he's got he's got his own sites too. So he is uh, he's spread out amongst all these different areas. So, uh, but you can find him on Twitter at Matt Galatson. Matt, what's up, man? Uh, happy belated birthday. Hope you had a great time. Uh, how other than you know this terrible heat uh how'd you enjoy all that well i was in ohio and it was about 75 degrees most of the time there you go so <laughs> I, I don't have a lot to complain about um it was good i just i just feel old uh slipped in the shower earlier today so that's probably an onset <laughs> of, of what's to come in my future but, happy uh, friday yeah i look stuff happens it, it's already been a week this week for me as well and uh I'm just glad it's Friday. I'm uh I'm probably gonna take my my foot off the pedal a little bit this weekend, but hey, I'm sure something'll. I'm sure the Mavs will trade for Kevin Durant or something tomorrow, and uh, those plans will be shot. So, <laughs> but um, speaking of of Mavs trade stuff, we're just gonna start off by basically saying, I mean, not much is happening right now. Like the off season has slowed to a crawl. We can probably thank the Minnesota Timberwolves for that. You know, because uh, that absurd package they gave up for Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy Gobert is good. Don't get me wrong, but he, you know, that was a severe overpay uh, by the Timberwolves front office, and that kind of skewed the the trade market for the rest of the NBA. Because you know, Kevin Durant he requested a trade, and you know, Sean Marks is probably looking at that. Rudy Gobert trade and saying, oh, well, if Rudy Gobert, who gets played off the court in the playoffs, can bring back five picks, essentially five picks, and, you know, a bunch of young players and uh, useful veterans on expiring contracts, stuff like that, oh, well, I could probably get like 10 picks for Kevin Durant. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, it, it's kind of, uh, that's kind of stalled things there because the rest of the league just like, whoa, 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 whoa hold up. Just because the Timberwolves decided to be dumb and give this much for for Gobert doesn't mean that you know we're gonna outbid that by much to get Kevin Durant. So, 
Yeah, all that had one of the dumbest franchises in the NBA to, to set the market. That's always a good idea. And, and I mean, again, I mean, I, I do kind of like his fit with Cat because, you know, Cat doesn't – he can block shots, but he's not really known as being a, a great defender. So, I mean, the fit is okay, and Rudy Gobert's a good player. I think they'll be fine, like, in the regular season. But, I mean, I just don't see how you completely sell the farm for a guy that, that can be played off the court in certain matchups in the postseason. It just – it just doesn't make sense to me, and they're and they're paying him like in the forty million a year range for like the next what three four years or something like that. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, so nothing's really going on right now. Uh, we did get a report a few days ago saying that the the Knicks and the Jazz had started uh, trade discussions over Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, the Mavs first round picks. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you know, that's probably affected by the Rudy Gobert. And it also doesn't help that, you know, it's Danny Ainge who's calling the shots in Utah now, too. You know, once he got that for Gobert, now he's definitely gonna <laughs> he's gonna try to uh get even get even more for Mitchell. But anyway, uh so now that's something we're looking at because it could potentially affect, you know, what the Mavs do. Uh, going forward, even though you know we're trying to keep expectations low at this point, based on how things have gone since the Christian Wood trade, but uh, you got to watch for that because if he does end up with the Knicks, Donovan Mitchell, that is the Jazz, they're gonna you know start selling off some of those other roster pieces: Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Mike Conley, uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson. You know, there's they, they got a lot of really intriguing. Uh, veteran names on that on that roster and it's all of those names any of those names could help the maps out next season so that's something we're looking looking forward to uh i want to get your thoughts matt because i haven't talked to you about i talked uh with grant about it on the last pod but one of my ideas i started out by presenting a boyan bogdanovich and mike conley trade you know where the maps end up getting both of them but i kind of backed off of that in my more recent jazz piece uh, and said like, okay, so say they make the trade, say the jazz make the trade with the Knicks. They send the jazz, however many picks they want. But one of those picks is the Mavs 2023 pick. And, you know, if you, if you trade for Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley, you're probably in a situation where Ainge is going to ask to get a pick back. But if you trade for just Conley himself, He's not viewed as being a positive asset, you know, around the league because he's going to be making $24 million next year at like 36 years old or something. Or no, he'll be going on 37 years old at that point. So he's not, he's considered a negative asset. He's not as negative as, say, Russell Westbrook is, but, you know, he is. It's probably going to require a pick if you're going to just trade him by himself. So my thinking is what if, you know, the Mavs end up getting Conley? And then the Jazz just reroute that 2023 Mavs pick from the Knicks, you know, back to the Mavs. And then, you know, you have a veteran playmaker like Conley, and then you get your pick back and you have trade flexibility going forward. I mean, is that far-fetched? Is that, is, am I giving uh, – am I not giving Danny Ainge enough credit there? <laughs> well, he's a swindler, and, and, and he'll find a way to, to make it to where Utah probably wins in every facet. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I like that idea. I, I, look, you lost Jalen Brunson. Um, 
you need a guy to kind of replace that that void. I mean, he's Mike Conley's not going to do that necessarily 100%, but no, I, I like the idea. It's it's age or whatever, it doesn't matter. They need someone. And there is another guy they could have gotten, but we won't get into that. Um, and, and I am I am going to mention him in a second, but it's not for that reason. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. another thing that came up this week. <laughs> okay, okay. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea. I think it's fine. Um, it makes you a better basketball team, in my opinion. You know, the more good basketball brains you have, the better. And he is a – even if he's, you know, not what he was 10 years ago, or whatever, you know, he's still a, a very good basketball brain and a good teammate and a good locker room guy. And I think even if he's not a positive trade asset or whatever you want to say, he'd be a positive asset on the court, which I think is what's more important for the Mavs who are, are kind of, in my opinion, in a precarious spot going forward. Yeah. And I mean, I wrote a piece about it the other day. Uh, I'm not going to go far too go far too i'm not gonna go too far into the rabbit hole of the josh green thing because i did i talked about it a good bit on the last pod too but it just seems like there's a lot of unnecessary hate for the guy who's just 21 years old and i get it you know he he hasn't developed as far along as what people would like and it doesn't help that the guys that were drafted after him are already you know further along and uh, some of them even look like stars at this point, young stars. So, I mean, I get that all that contributes to it. But, you know, overall, he wasn't bad last year. He improved a lot. And he got to play like two times the total minutes uh, and games than what he did in his rookie year with Rick Carlisle. So, uh, I do expect him to take another step this year. He showed flashes. He, like, he helped the Mavs win that game three in the Utah series when they didn't have Luka. You know, 12 points, uh, six assists, can't remember how many rebounds. I know he had uh, like two steals. You know, he, he was really, really good in that in that game in the playoffs, and he had a handful of games in the regular season where it's like, wow, I didn't know he could do that. You know, stuff that, that wasn't happening in his rookie year. So, uh, And he's he's underrated as a passer. Like, there were times during the season where I was like saying that Josh Green might be – the Mavs' most gifted passer, uh, not named Luca. You know, just like with his with his vision, like the style of passes that he was he was given. So anyway, uh, that could be something that helps you know make up a little bit for you know losing uh, your your secondary playmaker in Brunson, but it's not going to be you know the full thing. You're going to have to do something else to make up for it. So uh, okay, Matt, I've got a few more things I want to talk about uh, at length, but uh, before we do that, I wanted to kind of do some rapid fire with some of these things uh, that we've been writing about on DallasBasketball.com. Uh, we're both just going to just very briefly, if you if you want to add something to it, you can. But basically, you're either going to agree or disagree <laughs> with, with these topics. Okay, first one. Uh, so Alex Caruso uh, – went on J.J. Reddick's podcast recently. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the old man in three. And they asked him who was his sleeper for making the finals this year. And he said he still thought it was Dallas, even after they lost Jalen Brunson. Uh, and he mentioned, like, he knows how Jason Kidd and Dudley operates, you know, since his time with the Lakers. So 
Uh, he's picking the Mavs to be a sleeper finals team next year, even after losing Brunson. Do you agree or disagree? Disagree. Do I'm I going to go into depth here or no? You don't have to. I mean, I like I said, I, I'm going to – I agree just because he used the word sleeper. Well, <laughs> if he had said favorite, I would have disagreed. But, I, I mean, I can – I can see where he's coming from. I just I, I think that they're I think they took too much of a hit with with losing Brunson and um, I, I in their lack of activity this offseason outside of trading for Christian Wood. I think the starting or the idea of starting Christian Wood and, and JaVale McGee next to each other is um, horrendously stupid. So Which is uh, weird because I don't know if you saw that Tim Cato piece a week or so ago. Uh, that hinted that the Mavs were like they're like toying with the idea of bringing Christian Wood off the bench, which is even which, dumber. So, <laughs> which is like I'm sure he's not going to be happy with that. No, that, that's even dumber. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and disagree. <laughs> oh man, you know I blame Dwight Powell for this. Uh, after that playoff run, uh, the Mavs went and overcorrected, and <laughs> they they. Another worst, almost worst white pal in JaVale McGee. No, no. He's going to be useless. He's going to no, be useless. No, I disagree with you there. JaVale's, JaVale's much better than Pal, in my opinion. He's a better player, <laughs> but my point is he's going to be useless. Okay, next one. Uh, so, uh, there. They don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to get traded or not, but you know whether he gets traded or whether he stays with the Lakers – you know, it wouldn't shock anybody if that whole situation ended in a buyout. Now, I know I'm probably going to get flamed for this take. If the Mavs ended up trading, and I, the Lakers aren't going to do it because they don't want to take on future salary, and they also don't want to, you know, trade uh, future draft assets uh, to get off of Russell Westbrook's contract. But, you know, if the Mavs could trade, say, Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and Dwight Powell, so the money works there. If they could trade those three players for Westbrook, uh, and you know get a draft asset back, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's just my opinion. I mean, you, whether you keep Westbrook on the team or not, you know there's a small chance he might contribute something. If he doesn't, you know you can just waive him. Uh, you know I. If you're able to get a draft asset and get off some money, I would do it personally. But anyway, this isn't about the trading part of it. If he is eventually bought out, would you take a chance on him on a veteran minimum contract to help with the Mavs secondary playmaking, secondary uh, ball handling needs with the Mavs? No. <laughs> what, only what's because, the biggest? Only because. Just hear me out. Only because even if you pay him a vet minimum contract and you tell him before he steps foot in the facilities that he is the 10th player on the roster and he's not a primary scoring option and he his, you know, his responsibilities are to play make and, and get other players the ball, he's still going to shoot 40 shots a game and take terrible shots and, and, and create wasted possessions. So, you know. It, it's kind of a hard thing because, you know, by all accounts, it seems that Westbrook has been a really good teammate like throughout his career. So it's like it's not like the same situation with uh, with Kyrie or James Harden, some of these other guys 
that you hear stuff about, uh, you know, being a, a locker room cancer and stuff like that. By all accounts, Westbrook has been fine in that regard. It's just the the biggest thing on his, and he will be a Hall of Famer in first ballot, the biggest thing for him is just not being able to ch- change the way he plays for the better. He's very hard-headed. So, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I'd still take a chance with him on a vet minimum contract because, like I said, you know, if you get five, ten games into it and it's just literally not working, uh, you know, you only have him on a one-year deal. You can just waive him. And then you're just, you know, you're left with the uh, the rest of the contract. You already – the rest of the roster you already had anyway. So, uh, I would give it a shot. And, I mean, I just – I mean, do we really think that he'd be the 10th best player on the Mavs roster? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway uh so moving on from that one uh i'm not gonna talk about the aj lawson stuff because i get that you know he's just a two-way summer league player and i don't want to put too much uh too much stock into that i am still annoyed though because you had a you had a 22 year old dude or he, or he just turned 22 uh shooting 50 percent from the field and played good defense uh, and they just didn't sign him, even though they, they had a two-way spot open and a regular roster spot open. He went and signed a two-way contract with the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. So uh, if he goes on to be, you know, a really useful role player, then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whine about this some more later down the line, and if we never hear from him again, then you'll never hear from me about it again. <laughs> uh, okay. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
All right, J.J. Barea officially retired. This isn't part of the rapid fire. I'm just listing it as I see it. Uh, for those who don't know, he was playing in the Puerto Rico Basketball League the last two years, uh, and he officially retired from basketball the other day. And last summer, he talked with Nico Harrison about a potential assistant coach uh, position, which I think would be really good. I think he, I think he has a lot to offer in that regard. Uh, Okay, now to the to the one of the main we got two more things here. We'll be quick with these, but I said I was going to mention Goran Dragic. It's not for the reasons that, you know, we've talked about in the past and I know you're very upset with how all the uh all the negotiations went earlier this summer and the Mavs apparently didn't think that uh he was worth giving 15-20 minutes a game to at this point in his career, but he came out the other day in an interview he gave and in a nutshell, and y'all can read the entire piece on DallasBasketball.com, uh, he basically said that Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic, uh, their success in the NBA gets on their peers' nerves, like American players' nerves, because, you know, they're looking at those guys and they're thinking like, oh, they're not supremely athletic. Like, how are they doing this? And it apparently gets on their nerves, according to Dragic. So, I mean, how much stock do you put into that, Matt? Do you think that that might be a reason why the, you know, the Mavs can't really attract talent and free agent, or, uh, you know, what are your thoughts there? I mean, is there is there could that even go back to like the Dirk Nowitzki era? I mean, <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, I don't think that that's necessarily the case in the Dirk era. Um, you know, there's multiple accounts of people trying to recruit Dirk away, like, uh, you know, Kobe to the, like trying to get him to the Lakers. Um, so I don't think that that necessarily has to do with the Dirk era. I mean, this might be a hot take. And I think I said this the other day uh, in our group chat. So maybe you'll have to edit this out. I don't know. But uh, I don't think in Luca's case in particular, he's necessarily the most likable person in, in, and what I mean by that is on the court, he's very abrasive and kind of annoying to watch if you're not a Mavericks fan. Um, there's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of going back and forth with other players. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, also, the NBA is pretty clicky. So that also might have something to do with it. You know, he, he's tight with all the other European guys. Um, we know how the, the clutch, the clutch clients are with, with playing with their own. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but honestly, I think the biggest factor in all of this is with the Mavs, you know, not being able to attract other free agents really has nothing to do with Luca. Um, I think it has everything to do with Mark Cuban and that's a larger topic of discussion that we could probably devote an entire podcast to. But I agree. <laughs> I, I, I put a little stock in that in, in the sense that maybe he kind of rubs people the wrong way based on, you know, what he does on the court and all that stuff. And um, I mean, maybe it does just annoy them that a European guy is wiping the floor with them every night. But um, at the end of the day, I, I think that it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And I think there are much larger issues yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, and I, I, I'm not saying that, 
Goran Dragic is wrong, but I don't think I don't think it's like the European thing that that gets people you know pissed off about it. I think it's just you know <laughs> if you're getting your butt kicked you know down the court every single time. I don't care if he's European or, or whoever, European, American, whatever, you know, you're going to be mad <laughs> after, yeah. you, after you take it in the chops a few times and you just can't stop it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people hated Michael Jordan unless they played with him. Yeah, exactly. Like, like how many, how many free agents signed with the bulls? Not that many. Like, yeah. You, and, you I mean, getting it, your ass kicked by someone who makes you know it after they kick your ass. So, yeah, I mean, I get where he's coming. I I get why, you know, there's a perception of that, but I really do think it's just a case of, you know, if you go to the, if you go to an open gym or something and you're just playing with random people, you can have some dude you're playing, you know, if if you're, if some dude's just taking it to you every single time and you can't stop it, you're going to be pretty pissed off about that too. So (laughs) I think it's just a general basketball thing and not, you know, not a larger thing like Dragic is, is alluding to there, but right. All right. Last thing here, Matt, and we're going to take off uh, after doing our roundup this week. Uh, so Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, he, he is a DJ. He goes by DJ diesel. Uh, that's something he's done for a while. Uh, he did a small European tour. Uh, there was an Island in Croatia that he went to visit. And it just so happened that uh, Goran Dragic, Luka Doncic, they were both there. Uh, and Luka set the man up. He, uh, Shaq said, um, let me pull up this quote real quick. He said, shout out to Luka. And this was on his podcast, the big Shaq Strumental. <laughs> uh, Shaq said, shout out to Luka. When I arrived in Luka's town, some people picked me up. They drove me to a mansion that Luka had set up for me. I had the pizza there. I had the hookah there. I had the fruit. They escorted me to the show. Uh, And then he said, Luca said, Shaq, ain't nothing going to happen to you when you're in my town, Mr. O'Neilovich, which is what they called him (laughs) while he was there. Uh, And then he said, let me find this last thing. Uh, Okay, so he was planning to stay at some hotel, but then Luca was just like, no, 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 no. We're going to set you up. Uh, with this other place and it was like a four bed villa on the water and uh he said we had that blue mist hookah (laughs) so so uh you know the episode of this pod is probably going to be called uh blue hookah luca uh how concerned are we with that i mean i love seeing these guys have a great time you know uh, last week we saw luca on stage with Shaq and Goran Dragic at you know concert he was he was doing and they were having a great time but you know there there's been a I mean I'm not gonna say a lot but there have been a few people saying stuff like oh well I hope you know he doesn't take this too far and comes into training camp out of shape I'm not really worried about yeah (laughs) it's happened the last two years but uh you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried about it from all accounts all the pictures I've seen online it looks like he's really been getting after it um, he's been spending more time with Dragic this summer, I feel like, than in previous summers. And, you know, you might see a, see him a few times, but seems like he's been with him a lot. And I think that that's good for his uh, overall conditioning and stuff too, if he's following in his footsteps. But 
I mean, what are you concerned about this at all, or, or people just overblowing? No, it? Uh, I'm not. I he comes into camp fat and out of shape every year, um, and he gets off to a bit of a slow start, you know, comparatively to what we see by the end of the season. I mean, he's still playing well. He's just not playing as well as he should be. Um, I, I honestly let the man live. He he just got to the Western conference finals and then did his thing with Slovenia. And now he's just trying to enjoy life a little bit before he has to get back to another 82 season grind. So I, I couldn't, I, I don't think that I could care less. I need to go back and just like count the games. Cause I know the schedule stuff changed a little bit, but ever since, uh, ever since they resumed play after the initial COVID pause in 2020, like it's insane how much basketball these guys have played, especially guys like Luca who also play for their national teams in the off season. It's in, it's insane. Like there's hardly any break whatsoever. So, I mean, I don't think we can blame the guy for, you know, wanting to take a few weeks and just chill out for a little bit. And again, you know, even though he's doing this now, it's different than some of the stuff we've seen in previous summers where, uh, you know, you, you see the pictures and everything and it's just like, Oh, well, you know, Maybe he's out of shape, out of shape coming into training camp and preseason or whatever. But I mean, everything I've seen, it looks like he's in you know better shape than when the season ended in uh, San Francisco in the Western Conference Finals. So I'm fine with it. I think he'll be fine. Uh, he could come into camp completely in shape, and he still could get off to a sluggish start. I mean, you, he that might just be what kind of player he is. I mean, we don't know. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes this year. But, Matt, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of the, the busy, busy schedule you've got going on these days. I know it's uh, it's hard to keep up. Uh, I respect you, though. I respect everything you do because I have my hands full as is, and, you know, I'm only running one site and monitoring a few others. So <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh, is there anything else you want to – lay out there before we take off i think i'm all good man i uh it's nice to be back yeah we're gonna i love how i always say like oh we're gonna keep this 15 20 minutes and here we are getting close to 30 and that was even with a rapid fire so (laughs) uh but i appreciate it man guys y'all go like rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms uh be sure to go to dallasbasketball.com we got a lot of content up on the site um, you know, things have been kind of slow lately, but you know, we, uh, we still have at least, you know, three, four things out per day. And, uh, we're always coming up with fun trade ideas and stuff like that. So go check it out. And again, be sure to follow me at Dalton underscore trig on Twitter. You can follow Matt at Matt Galatson and you can follow the pod account at step back Mavs guys. We appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time.